evildoers. Do you ever wish a harmful thoughts against people who are doing wrong or maybe have done you wrong? Well, the Bible says, fret not. Look at, the, look at another one, 37. You can be seated in a second. You'll see what it's like for the pastor, all right? Verse 37. Uh, look at verse 37. Look at what it said. Verse, chapter 37, verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Read the rest of it out loud with me. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. The Bible says don't get fretted because of a person who advances an evil plan. The Bible says uh, don't fret yourself because of those who prosper in the way. Do you ever get resentful of people who are evil, who are better off financially than you are? The Bible says don't, don't get fretted about that. And one more verse, look in verse 8. Let's read this one out loud together as well, please. Verse 8, notice what it says together. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. In other words, stop planning your retaliation. Now, three times we're told here, fret not. Fret not. So God doesn't want us to be fretting. Let's ask God to give us some help tonight. Would you, would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, would you instruct us? And God, would you teach us how to live to where our hearts are free from fretting? We give you praise in advance because we're asking in Jesus' name with expectation. All God's people say it as you're seated. You can be seated. All right, here's the question tonight. What are you mad about? <laughs> what are you upset about? You know, uh, lots and lots of people are angry. Are you angry with someone in your family? Are you upset with your parents? Are you upset with your children? Are you upset with your spiritual leaders? I don't even need to ask this. Are you, I would say, are you upset with your political leaders, but I don't want to make you fret, so I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> I'm not going to ask that question. Now, are you upset with your employer, your employees, your neighbor? <laughs> I was up in Maine one time, and God got in this meeting. It went on for 15 days, and second week into it, a lady stood up, her parents uh, her father was a Baptist preacher in Illinois. They had a head-on collision with a drunk driver. Both her father and mother were killed instantly. And she just stood up one night and she said, God finally showed me what was wrong. And she said, uh, I've been angry at God for killing my parents. She admitted that out loud. She said, I've been upset with God because my parents have been killed. Now, the Bible says here three times, fret not. Verse 1, don't fret because of evildoers. Verse 7, don't fret because of the wicked person who brings all kinds of bad stuff uh, to fruition. Verse 8, don't fret yourself in any wise to do evil. Three times we're told to fret not. Now, the word fret means to glow. It means to blaze up. The word fret means to boil or seethe with anger. It means to simmer, to fume, to be displeased. I ask you tonight, what are you upset about? Who are you angry with? Who has hurt you, disappointed you, abandoned you, wronged you? I'm, I'm telling you, when you live, uh, relive injustices, uh, it's a form of fretting. And replaying betrayals and wrongs in your mind will cause you to boil with rage and seethe with anger. Now, the word here, fret, means to glow. 
but it's not a holy glow. Are you with me? This is not a holy glow. Uh, but to burn, to simmer. It's kind of like when you put a pot on the stove. You got the lid halfway on and halfway off. And it's not boiling. You cut it down to where it just simmers. How I many you know what I'm talking about? It's just simmering. My mother used to cook pinto beans on a wood stove. And it would simmer like all day long. How I many know that the old-time women could cook a whole lot better? Than, well, I shouldn't say that, so, uh, uh, but it's the truth. It's just flat out the truth. But it was simmering. It was simmering. Now, you know, I always tell my wife, I said, you know, my mother made homemade biscuits three times a day. You know what she'd say? I'm not your mother. She'd say that every time, every time. And, uh, and then canned jobs ain't no good. I'm just telling you, they're no good. But back to the message here. I hope my wife's not listening. Now, listen, I... To, to simmer is to stew, it's to steam, it's to worry. It's a natural reaction uh, to simmer when wrongs are inflicted and you roll the thing over in your mind and you try to sort it out. But there's reasons why we shouldn't fret. You know when you're fretting, it overwhelms your thinking. When you're fretting, it makes it impossible to worship. And then when you're fretting, it makes you incapable of praying. That's why the psalmist said, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, fretting does not please God. It does not please God. It brings you no pleasure, and it makes you difficult to live with when you're seizing on something all the time. Now, when you're simmering, you know, you're repeating in your mind whatever that person has done to hurt you. It's kind of like a slow burn. And sometimes you can consider your options to retaliate. It's fretting. Now, have you ever been wronged and you're thinking about payback? You ever done that? Y'all are probably so spiritual up here in the hills, you never do that, but uh, I'm strong high enough to where I think about this kind of stuff all the time. And hey, do you ever rehearse in your mind? Uh, what you what you're gonna say to somebody whenever you run across them? You ever do that? You got it all worked out in your mind. You got your legal brief prepared. You know you're gonna really put them in their place, and uh, uh, and, and you're thinking uh, of ways to get back at people. Well, fretting is a form of bitterness that will eat you alive. And I want to tell you, fretting will destroy your peace, your fruitfulness, your worship, and your prayer. Fretting, simmering. Boiling over can lead to an explosion on people who've done you no wrong. When I was a child, uh, there was a country uh, store owner, a widow woman who had a store, and a lady came in and exploded on her for no reason whatsoever. You know why? Because she was simmering on something. She had been fretting about something, and it just, it just exploded on her. If your wound is not healed, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. I'm just telling you, it's not good. And if your anger is not stopped, you're going to boil over on people who did you no wrong. Now, habitual fretting uh, can become a way of life. You know, some people seem to thrive on contention. I never have understood this. Like, like it's, if there's not a controversy going on, they'll make up one. I've met preachers that said, well, if nothing's going on, I'll stir something up. And I'm thinking, what kind of attitude is this when the Bible says three times, Fret not. Now, everybody frets on occasion, but you can't afford to indulge this kind of activity. You can't afford this. You've got to get rid of it. And we need to obey the commandment that says, fret not, fret not, 
fret not. So I want to give you the fret not formula. All right, write this down. The fret not formula. Now look in, look in verse 8. We're going to get this message out of the Bible instead of my imagination. All right, so we're going to get this right out of the Bible. Look in verse 8. Cease from anger uh, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And anger is a human emotion that God has put in us. Uh, being upset is not a sin, but responding with continued wrath and anger is a sin. That's why the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Now, you can control your anger. You say, well, I just can't help it. I just... You can control your anger. You know, there you are in your home. You know, World War III. Somebody knocks on the door. And immediately your, disp your disposition can change, especially if it's the pastor at the door, and you're automatically in a spiritual fr frame of appearance anyway. Now, you can control your anger. I'm telling you, you, you can. Now, Christians can choose to control their anger. Proverbs 14, he that is soon angry deals foolishly. Proverbs uh, 14, the fool utters all his mind. The fool just speaks out all that's on him. I just have to speak my mind. Well, the Bible says a fool utters all his mind. Now, when you blow a gasket, you're likely to say stuff that you can't take back. And that's why the Bible says control your anger. Cease from anger. I ask you, what are you mad about tonight? You know, I've met some of the most sweet-looking people. <laughs> Who have been, who have admitted afterwards that they were angry, but they didn't even know it um, before the Spirit of God put His hand on it. Now, swallowing angry words. Listen to this: swallowing angry words before you say them is better than having to eat them afterwards. What about this one? People who swallow their words never ask for second helpings. They're not pleasant. I'm just telling you. And if you bite your tongue on occasion. And hold your tongue, you'll be glad you did it. Now, listen to me. Change your focus, change your feelings. It's as simple as this. Change your focus, and you will change your feelings. you got to make a conscious decision to stop churning those bitter, bitter, hurtful thoughts over in your mind, because when anger gets the best of you, the worst part of you will come out. When anger gets the best of you, the worst part of you will come out. And the Bible says, don't be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Entertaining uh, angry thoughts uh, gives place to the devil. It starts out with a toehold. And then it goes to a foothold. And then it goes to a stronghold. And if not checked, it becomes a stranglehold. And that's why we can't afford to indulge this. So, Quit talking about your hurt to other people. I mean, talk it out at first, but then leave it alone. And don't revisit all this stuff in the corridors of your mind. I mean, just bringing up uh, uh, the people that ripped you off and, and uh, all of this, it, it's just, it's only going to make you upset. It's not going to accomplish anything. Now, listen, if you want to get something out of, your, out of your mind, get it out of your mouth. Just quit rehearsing it. Quit talking about it. Quit broadcasting. And you know, when people start talking about stuff, uh, they're looking for pity. <laughs> they're looking for pity. They're looking for sympathizers to come in and back them up. But the Bible says, cease from anger 
and forsake wrath. And the way to cease from anger is to admit when you're mad. Be honest. Just be honest. Did you know that honesty is so rare that people find it attractive if they ever find a transparent, honest person? Because it's such a rarity nowadays that it's actually refreshing uh, to find somebody that's human, for example, and, and willing to admit it. So confess your sin to God. Forsake your wrath. Cease from anger is what the Bible says. Admit it, quit it, and forget it. Put these things out of your mind. Put the Word of God in your mind. Staying mad is unhealthy. It's unproductive. It's self-inflicted punishment. And it doesn't solve your problem. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to stay mad. You're not responsible for the injustices that you've suffered, but you are responsible for how you respond to them. And the Bible says here, cease from anger and sin not. All right, cease from anger. Everybody good on point one of the fret not formula. Say amen if you're good on that point right there. Uh, we're going to have to go over the whole point again if you can't do no better than that. Uh, cease from anger. Amen. All right. Thank you. All right, point two. How to overcome this, uh, this uh, fretting problem. Uh, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to God. Look in verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. What does this word commit mean? It means to take the incident and roll, thy, roll your burden on God. Cast thy burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. Roll your burden over on God and He will sustain you. Now, commit your way to God. The best illustration I can think of when a guy... Is in the old days when a guy roofed his own house. You heard one about the guy that said that he was so, such a helpful husband. He held, he held the ladder so his wife could go repair the shingles, you know. He was a helpful kind of guy. But in the old days, people actually did their own roof, right? And, and, and the guy would get a bundle of shingles on his shoulder, climb up the ladder, hand them off to the guy on the roof. He would put them on the pinnacle, and he'd go get another bundle. To roll, roll your burden on the Lord, what does this mean? It means to hand off that bundle, that burden to God. Commit your way. Commit your way uh, to the Lord. Hand off your burden uh, to the Lord. Why? Because fretting will choke the life of God right out of your soul. It so grieves the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, there's another spirit that feels at home with this, and it's not the Spirit of God. So shouldering your burdens will rob you of joy, of peace of sleep, of usefulness. The thief comes to steal and destroy, and fretting is a type of inward anger. It's an unnecessary burden that robs you. Remember in 1 Samuel 25, when Saul was trying to kill David for no reason whatsoever? So what did David do? Well, Saul was wrong. Saul was jealous. Saul was enraged Saul tried to kill David with a javelin but David refused to come against the Lord's anointed so what did David do he played his harp he soothed Saul's mind he did right even though he had been wrong David rolled his burden over on the Lord and he allowed God to settle the case remember that song take your burden to the Lord and leave it there how many know this is easy preaching but hard living. And I'm not giving you this tonight because I do right every time. But I'll tell you one thing. 
I'm getting a little better at this. It's easy preaching, but it's hard living. But I'm telling you, it's Bible preaching, and it's possible living. And we can do this. Cease from anger. Point number three on the fret not formula, trust the Lord. Look at the latter part of that verse five. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Put your trust in God. Trust the Lord. Now, my wife is a, <laughs> she is not the most sympathetic person on the planet. She is such one of these level, even keel types. I really think she doesn't understand the rest of the most of us. I, she just don't understand it. And when something comes up, her answer is just, just trust the Lord. You know, you got cancer. Well, just trust the Lord. Well, yeah. Can, can you assist me on how to trust the Lord? Can you give me a little insight on how to pull this thing off? But nevertheless, it's true, isn't it? Notice the text, verse 5, Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Put your confidence in God. Faith is confidence in God. Unbelief is confidence in something other than God. But that's what faith is. It's confidence in God. Now listen, once you've attempted to get justice and failed, hand your case over to the Lord, Allow the judge of the earth to sort it out. Okay? How I many you know that God's timetable is normally not identical to ours? I mean, we want to sort it out like right now, right? I mean, like, let's get this fixed right now. And sometimes it doesn't work out like this. Now listen, it's no longer your responsibility to punish your offender once you have done everything in your power to put things right. It's not your responsibility to repay your offender. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Hmm. Now, you ever feel like helping God out on the vengeance thing? <laughs> you know, I, back in the old days, I used to preach like a madman. I, I would come out of the pulpit soaking wet. My suit coat needed to be dry cleaned every other day. And I got tired of it, so I started taking it off. I think it offended some of the brethren. And I just want to tell you something. Ain't nothing in the Bible about wearing a coat and tie. Man. They ain't nothing in the Word of God about it. But anyway, I did it. And I'd go to the dry cleaners, and I took my stuff in one day and uh, handed it to the lady. Went back three days later, picked it up. It was in cellophane. You know, it really looked crisp. Cellophane. So I got home and ripped the cellophane off. And lo and behold, they had shredded one of my silk ties. It looked like they put it through a paper shredder. I couldn't believe they put it back in the back. I just couldn't believe it. And they had torn a hole in one of my trousers, trouser legs, ripped it apart. So I thought, well, hey, I'm going to take this back and get reimbursed. Does that sound reasonable to anybody in Hillsville? Mm -hmm. So I took it all back, laid it on the counter, fully naive, uh, stupid is another word uh, for this, but uh, naive, expecting to be repaid. And, and I laid it out, and the lady said, well, I'm uh, sorry, Mr. Vaughn, but uh, the person who takes care of damaged property is unavailable. I said, okay. Uh, what do you think the person might be available? Well, after the fourth trip back, uh, I begin to see a pattern emerging here 
that the person is never going to be available and they're out to rip me off. Hmm. So I had an unspiritual response. I thought about Better Business Bureau. I thought about a newspaper advertisement, a warning to Roanoke Valley about the bunch of thieves and the dry cleaners over here till I found out it was illegal. Uh, Clinton can tell a lie under oath and get reelected. I can't tell the truth in the Roanoke Times. Don't talk to me about freedom of speech. Just don't even talk to me about it. There ain't no such a thing as freedom of speech in the United States. So I really got, I, that only got me jacked up more. And then I thought, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to print up a little handbill. I'm going to get out there with my holy trousers and my shredded tie and warn the customer. You don't want to go in here with a bunch of gorillas back there. I'll ruin it all. And just like I had time to do something like that, you know. And then I thought, well, I might have to come up with a better plan. So I, I, I researched the catalog of my scripture memory programs, and I came up with the perfect verse. A vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. I said, perfect. So I prayed an imprecatory prayer. You ever heard that? An imprecatory. That means, Lord, I, I said, now, Lord, these people have ripped off your servant. They've torn my clothes all to pieces. They're not going to do anything about it. I said, God... I pray you would strike them down. I prayed that prayer right there. And I would go into town. I'd look over to see if the place perhaps had been struck by lightning uh, that, that night, you know. But it never got struck by lightning. But I, that's the way I was feeling. And I, you know how I had to come to? Uh, okay, I, I've been wronged. Admit it. Okay. Uh, I, I've sought justice. Failed. Uh, I got two choices. Get bitter or forgive them. And I had to forgive them. And I want to tell you, the Scripture tells us here to trust the Lord. Hand your case over to the Lord. Now, uh, by the way, they did go out of business. Glory be to God. But uh, I'm only kidding. Now, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, stop speculating about the prosperity of the wicked. Just stop it. It's God's business to repay your offender, not yours. Look in verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Hmm. Uh, the Bible says rest. That means to be still, be silent. Be silent. Uh, verse Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Quit replaying that episode over in your mind. It's not helping you. It's not going to help anything. Don't be rattled. Don't rehearse your hurt. Be still. That means to calm your mind. Rest in the Lord. Trust in God. Now, there was a missionary who was trying to translate the scriptures into the language of the group he was working with, but in their language, they had no equivalent word uh, for faith. They, they didn't have a word that matched the idea of faith in their language. So he was in his office, and a native comes running into his house. He had traveled a long distance. He was exhausted. He flopped onto a chair, and the national said, I'm resting all my weight on this chair. I'm resting all my weight on this chair. And the missionary knew he had the word for faith. I'm resting all my weight on God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Well, Lord, if I was running the show, I'd do something about this. Well, you're not running the show. <laughs> Let's get this straight. And, and, and how many of you know that God can, God's justice, uh, wheels may grind slow, but they do come, come out with, a, with the proper decision in the long run. Okay? So I'm just telling you, trust in the Lord. 
Now God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or think, so let's leave the case with him. Trust the Lord. Number four in the fret not formula, put away evil. Put away evil. Now, verse 27, it says, depart from evil and do good. Verse 27, depart from evil and do good. Now, fretting is evil. Fretting is sin. So instead of doing evil, the Bible says, start doing good. First Thessalonians says, See that none render evil for evil uh, to any man, but ever follow which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So don't render evil for evil. Now consider some positive alternatives uh, to rendering evil. Uh, what about First Thessalonians chapter 5? Rejoice evermore. Mm. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Quench not the spirit. Now there's four positive alternatives right there. Instead of, you know, stewing on all of this and planning your, 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 your uh, payback, uh, instead put on, put on something positive by putting off something evil. Put away evil, the scripture says. It's the replacement principle. You've heard this, I'm sure. In Ephesians, the Bible says in chapter 4 that you put off the former conversation, the old man, put away that old behavior, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new man, uh, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. So quit lying, start telling the truth. When you put off something, you've got to put on something, right? Uh, when you stop something, you've got to start something. It's the replacement principle. If you don't, like the demon-possessed guy who didn't put on, he got infested with worse demons than he was in the first place. And if you don't put on, when you put off, you're going to, be, you're going to have a reoccurrence of something that's probably worse than what you had to start with. So when you take something out, put something back. Now, uh, quit lying, speak the truth. Put off the old man, put on the new man. That's Christ. Now, when you return evil for evil, you're doing the same thing your offender did to you. When you pay, when you try to pay, you're doing the same thing they did to you as a consequence. Now, you know better than they are. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Depart from evil and do good. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. We got to put away evil. Point number five in this fret not formula is find your delight in God. Find your delight in God. Look in verse four. Delight yourself also in who? Uh, in who? In the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Hmm. Uh, delight yourself also in the Lord. Navigate the will of God through your sanctified desires. You know, if you want to know what God wants, get right with God and fill with the Spirit of God and you'll know what the will of God is because He gives you the desires He wants you to have. And when He gives you those desires, it's so those desires can come to fruition. Delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. In other words, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what you want is what God wants. So just go with it. Everybody's so suspicious. You know, we've been, we've been hammered to death 
about um, how the heart of man is desperately wicked and who can... Well, that's, that the old heart is desperately wicked and, 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 and is deceitful above all things. But can I say something to you? If you're born again, you not only have devil, devilish propensities according to the old nature, but you have a new nature and you have a new heart. Am I right or wrong on this right here? When's the last time you heard a fundamentalist talk about the new heart, the new nature, the divine nature? The new you is the real you. The old you is not the real you. That's the past you. That's the flesh. That's the old man. That's what you're supposed to put off. You got to put on the new man. And brother, if, if, if you're saved, you got the nature of God in you. Is that what it says in Peter or what? You've been made partaker of the divine nature. So, so we've got to, we've got to learn how to delight ourselves in God so that what his nature is poured in and through us by His Spirit. And what we want when we're filled with Him is what God wants. Now, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. And I want to tell you, if you're going to find any delight in these days, you have to look better, than, you're going to have to look farther than the current situation in this country. People are terrified, scared to death. Division on every hand, people hating each other, encouragement to, to find fault, and all of this kind of, brother, I want to say it again tonight. Uh, uh, they had supernatural unity in the early church. Greeks, Scythians, barbarians, Jews, all manner of Gentiles, all races of people, all cultures of people, all kinds of languages. But the Spirit of God transcended all their differences and they were one in Christ. And all the born again are in the family of God. And brother, uh, we need to get on the page with God in these things. And if you're going to find joy in life in America uh, for the foreseeable future, you're going to have to quit listening to the news for crying out loud and you're going to have to set your sights beyond the horizon on the God who's coming back to earth to put all this right one of these days. I believe, I predict second coming preaching is going to pick up in the coming days. I predict that heaven preaching is going to pick up in the coming days out of necessity. You know, we didn't have much need of heaven. Uh, in the past because we had it so good. You know, we've had it so good for so long, we don't know what it is to do without. We're going to find out what it's like. <laughs> uh, and, we, but, and I'm not saying that to discourage you. Delight, find your delight in God. How many of you know that God is the happiest person in the entire universe? I said God is the happiest person in the entire universe. Uh, God doesn't look like an, a miserable Amish man. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Delight yourself in the Lord. Uh, at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. In His presence there's fullness of joy. Now I'm just, you better, you better, you better get a little joy dose every now and then. You better get a little joy fix about every day or so. About every day, man. You're gonna have to get in the presence of God. You're gonna have to learn to delight yourself in the Lord. In his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. So how do you delight in God? Well, how do you find your happiness in God? I mean, how are you going to find any joy in God when you're not finding any joy on earth? Well, try counting your blessings instead of counting your bruises. Just try counting your blessings. I try to, every morning when I wake up, I try to say something like this. Lord, I thank you for the sleep I got last night. Sometimes it wasn't all that hot, but I thank him for the sleep I did get. I said, thank you for waking me up. 
thank you that this is a new day. You heard about the fellow one time, he was praying. He said, God, I just want to thank you. I've not had an evil thought. I've not said a bad word. I've not lost my patience. I've not been angry one time. Lord, I want to thank you. I haven't sinned at all uh, so far. And then he said, now, Lord, in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed, and I pray that you would be with me as I go through my day. So start off the day. Get a little delight in God. Pull out the cell phone, man. Uh, <laughs> don't go over there and gamble. I, I, go find some music that lights your fire. By the way, how many know that different ty types of people like different kinds of music? Are we good with that right there? Well, I'm good with it. You ought to be good with it because that's the way it is. Uh, now what I came up with, buddy, it was banjos and fiddles. They're into it. Brings a little joy. By the way, the banjo is a happy instrument, isn't it? You couldn't play that at a funeral and get away with it. you got to crank up that organ wherever that thing's at. Whew. But it, I, I won't go into that. But, but, but uh, just whatever, whatever lifts your heart, whatever moves your mind and your spirit toward worshiping God, uh, crank up some of that. Delight yourself in the Lord. Find your joy in God. Learn to worship Him. I mean, that's what revival is all about anyway, isn't it? Uh, getting in the presence of God and enjoying the presence of God. That's what it's all about. So count your blessings. Think about your benefits. Think about your benefits. You say, well, I had this happen. Praise God for your advantages. We live in the greatest country on earth. If you don't like it here, find one better. I don't think you're going to find one any better. I just don't think you're going to find it. Thank, praise God for the advantages you've got. Life isn't perfect. Life isn't fair. Not everything's going to go good. And instead of dwelling on your losses, start thanking God for what you got left. Well, I had cancer and they had to remove this. Well, thank God for whatever they left. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't take it all. And by the way, the way you know something is working, the old man said, uh, the way you can tell if a body part is working, it's hurting. So if it's still hurting, at least it's still working. I guess there might be a little truth in that, but thank God for what you got left. Are you with me on this right here? Well, I lost this. Well, what do you got left? Dwell on that. You got, anybody here got any grandchildren? Anybody got any grandchildren? Anybody like your grandchildren? I like my grandchildren, man. I, I get joy out of them. I, I <laughs> this man right here is running up here. Being, I mean, I just like that. I like this. I like them. I like playing with them. I like talking to them. I, I like taking them fishing. I like just, I just, find your, thank God for what you got left. We all have some blessings. And, and I'm telling you, you better quit dwelling on everything that's gone wrong, gone wrong. Man, start thanking God for what's going right. And instead of worrying about what might happen, thank God for what can happen. You know what I think? I think we have been so conditioned with negativity and unbelief, we can't hardly believe God for nothing. We're all the time expecting the worst thing to happen. Some of us are just pessimists by nature. We need to get over it. And we need to start thanking God for what can happen. Ah, oh, brother, listen to this. Listen to this. Find your delight in God. How many here have ever had a prayer answered by God? Lift your hand if you ever had a prayer answered. Does that tell you that God might answer another one if you prayed it? Well, why not just go ahead and risk it? Oh, why not just go ahead and shoot the moon? Why not just go ahead and say, thank you, Jesus? Why not just go ahead and believe God up front? You say, well, what if it doesn't happen? 
Well, at least, at least, if God doesn't answer immediately or He postpones it, at least it wasn't your unbelief that missed the miracle. I I'm sure I'll tell you this story. Um, <laughs> the doctor told me I had cancer. I didn't, I didn't handle it so hot. And uh, so I called up my friend Ralph Satura. I said, hey, hey, Ralph, how are you supposed to pray for sick people? How many know there's some excitable Christians that can believe big? I mean, they can believe for miracles. I met a guy one time. He told me his two-year-old son had died, and he was believing God to resurrect him at the graveside. He really believed it was going to happen. But when it didn't happen, it stumbled him because he believed it was going to happen. You ever meet people like this that can believe like believe big? And, and then I said, now, Ralph, you got these people that can believe like anything. And I said, then you got the people I hang around with that can't hardly believe a single thing. I said, Ralph, there's got to be some middle ground. How are you supposed to pray for sick people? And Ralph said, Harold, when you pray for sick people, you always pray in faith believing. You always pray in faith believing. And that way, if God chooses not to heal, well, at least it wasn't your unbelief that missed the miracle. And I'm going with this. I'm going with this. When you're praying for somebody who's in depression, uh, believe God and thank God to get them, get them out of it. When you're praying for sick people, sick people, I prayed for a sick person this morning with cancer. Uh, go ahead and believe God up front. You say, well, what if God doesn't answer? At least it wasn't your unbelief. And by the way, instead of worrying about the statistics of what might happen, why do I believe God that something good's going to happen? What's wrong with this? I ask you, my brethren, in Jesus' name, what is wrong with this? Uh, find your delight in God. I like that song. I've had more gains than losses, and I've known more joy than hurt, and His grace rolled down upon me undeserved. God's been good in my life. Has God been good in your life? Well, hallelujah, he's, you know he's been good. So find your delight in God. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 18, look at this. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Hmm, an eternal inheritance. You know, if you're from Japan, you're Japanese. If you're from Lebanon, you're Lebanese. If you're from China, you're Chinese. But if you're a child of God, you're heavenese. Your citizenship is in heaven. I'm thanking God for that more and more all the time. Amen? And we should have been more proud of that than being American in the first place. Amen? If we're God's people, that's the main thing right there, isn't it? We're citizens of heaven. Our inheritance is forever. Delight in the goodness of God. Just delight in the goodness of God. Find your joy in the Lord. Instead of worrying about whether you're going to die a year from now, why don't you thank God however long you lived? You know, I've been around 63 years. Hallelujah. That's pretty good. <laughs> you say, well, what if you don't make it? Uh, I, I had 63 years. God, thank you for that. Find some joy in what you got. I mean, I mean I'm serious here. I'm not being... I, you say, well, my hip hurts. Whose hip doesn't hurt if you're over 60? I, I, I mean, just get over it. And just go ahead and thank God, man. Get a little shot of whatever it takes to... Anyhow, uh, but get in the presence of God, man, and, and delight yourself in the Lord. And uh, y'all up in Hillsville, y'all know what I'm, y'all know some stuff up here. So just, just get happy in God is what I'm saying. Find your joy. Don't focus on the negatives. Don't, don't focus on the, there's so many negatives. Focus on the goodness of God. 
Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Are you tired of fretting? Anybody here tonight tired of fretting? Would you like to be rid of this bondage? <laughs> well, if it's your desire, then you can get beyond fretting by getting preoccupied with the goodness of God. Just get preoccupied with the goodness of God. Find your delight in the Lord. Let the high praises of God fill your mouth. Get happy in God. Somebody wrote a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. P.S. It's all small stuff. Can I tell you something? In the eternal scheme, it's all small stuff. But most things won't make any difference in 50 years. It won't make any difference in 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. It won't make any difference. And it won't be that big a deal. It's big now, but it won't be that big then. P.S. It's all small stuff. And if it's not going to be a big deal in eternity and not going to be a big deal too far down the road, then quit fretting. I mean, you've done what you can do, right? <laughs> you, you, you've done all you know to do. Well, find your delight in the Lord. Instead of fretting and simmering and glowing and burning and fuming and fussing and oh man, just stop it and quit putting stuff on Facebook. Uh, not, by the way, I figured this out. Not everybody needs to know my opinions on everything. <laughs> so I, I try to spare people of most, every now and then it's alright to tell people what you think. That's fine, but you know, are you with me on this right here? And by the way, being mad at everybody under the sun ain't going to change nothing, no how, other than make you and everybody else miserable. So find your delight in the Lord. I mean, I'm serious. Get happy in God. Uh, sorrow and sadness will fade away. There will be none of this in heaven and eternity. And if it's not going to bother you then, it ought not to be bothering you all that much right now. Now, I'm not belittling the, 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 br the, the brunt of hardship. Or, or the reality of things going on. I'm not, I'm not belittling none of that. That's part of life. Uh, but the question is, if we're angry, and if we're upset, and we're fretting, and we're mad all the time, it's natural to be like that initially. But if we stay like that, there's something wrong here. Because three times it says, fret not. What's got you upset tonight? <laughs> What's got you upset? I know a preacher, <laughs> he preached a five-week meeting, he preached the same message 16 times. Guess what the title of the message is? What are you upset about? What are you mad about? He preached the same message 16 times. My wife and I went one night, he preached on that, that's what he preached on the night before. He preached it two nights in a row. He figured out that one of the main problems today is that God's people are not free in Christ. They're not freed up. They're not enjoying the presence of God because they're upset about stuff. And it's normal, okay? It's natural, okay? It's part of life, right? And, and I'm not suggesting that you never get mad. The Bible never says don't get mad. The Bible says be angry, but don't stay mad. That's what it's saying. Don't, don't stay like this. You've got to learn this fret-not formula. Now, here it is. Number one, number one, here it is, the fret-not formula. Get over your anger. How? Deal with it. Confront it. Admit it. Come to grips with it. Number two, uh, commit your way to God. That's an intentional, on-purpose, deliberate act of faith. Commit your way to God. Number three, trust the Lord. That's confidence in God. Confidence in God. You know, after a while, you lose confidence in people. 
If you live long enough, you probably lose confidence in yourself. You better find your confidence in God because that's what faith is. It's confidence in Him. Number four, depart from evil and do good. Not enough to get rid of the evil, but you better start doing something, some replacement thing here. You better, when you put off, you got to put on. When you stop lying, you got to start speaking the truth. When you stop stealing, go out and get a job. And try to make some money to help somebody else meet their needs. Amen. Try to be a blessing. Are you with me here? And, 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 and then finally, delight in the Lord. Now, I believe that an atmosphere of peace is the will of God for your heart, my heart, your home, my home, your church, my church. And I want to say this to you. Victory Way Baptist Church, and I love that name. <laughs> Victory Way ought to be the most pleasant place in town. Victory Way Church ought to be the most pleasant place people could go in this city. I'm just telling you. And it can be if we'll deal with and implement this fret not formula. Verse 1, fret not yourself because of evil doers. You say, well, they're all corrupt. And, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, don't fret about it all the time. Acknowledge it. That's the way it is. But don't fret yourself because of evil doers. Verse 7, fret not because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Con artists, crooks, con men. Well, okay, but don't, don't fret about that all the time. Verse 8, fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. In other words, stop planning vengeance and retaliation. It's the fret not formula. How many, how many, how many are glad for Psalm 37 and the fret not formula? How many, how many need to implement some of these points right here? How many do you need to implement every one of these points right here? You know, you might be here tonight without the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you might just uh, come in here tonight and you feel like you need to come to church. Well, can I just say something to you? That um, God loves you. The Lord Jesus died in your place. He was buried. Three days later, He came up out of that grave. That's, that's the best, best news ever came from a graveyard was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead. And whoever will put their faith in Him will have eternal life. Life down here is hard. Let's be honest. There's all kinds of injustice. There's all kinds of mess going on. That's, that's life on earth. Okay, there ain't nothing new about that. But I'm here to tell you, the gospel is good news. It's good news for bad people. And bad people can find eternal rest and eternal life by placing their faith in the finished work of the Son of God and receiving Christ as Lord and Savior, by repenting of sin and turning our hearts and minds toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That's eternal life, and God wants you to have eternal life. Now listen, when you have eternal life, God wants you to have abundant life. And I know there's hills and valleys. I know there's ebbs and flows. I know there's ups and downs. Boy, I, I know all about all that. But I'm just here to tell you, God's will is for us to confront the situation when we start fretting and repent and change, and to change our minds, and to turn to Him. And God wants us to experience His peace, and sometimes in the midst of the storm. Somebody said you'd never know the strength of the anchor if it wasn't for the fierceness of the storm. And buddy, when we get our anchored in Jesus, all hell's breaking loose, but brother, uh, God is still on the throne, and He's going to see us through this situation right to the very end. How many think we have a good God? Say Amen. How many appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ? Say amen on that. 
How many are willing to obey the fret not formula? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let me give it to you one more time. Listen to it. Can't remember it. I have to read it myself. All right. Number one, cease from anger. Cease from anger. That means if you're fuming, simmering, glowing, burning, phew, stop it. Stop it. Cease from anger. Deal with it. Commit your way to God. Okay, God, this is bigger than me, but it ain't bigger than you. So I'm committing all this to you, Lord. Number three, trust the Lord. Put your confidence in God. Put your confidence in Him. Number four, depart from evil and do good. Quit dwelling on all of us negative. I just you know, got to confront it and deal with it and work through it and all this. But, 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 but depart from evil. Start doing good. You know what that means? If you're depressed, find somebody more depressed than you. You won't have to look far and try to encourage them. If you're broke, find somebody broker than you. And try to minister to their need. If you're if you're upset and you're fuming about stuff, go over to the cancer ward and just sit in the waiting room. That's all you got to do. Just sit in the waiting room. Just watch them coming in there. Just watch them coming in with their chemo bald heads. Watch those women come in there. Watch those children come in there. Watch those people hobbling. It'll help you to find somebody worse off than you and have a little focus on them instead of a pity party on yourself. Anybody with me on this point right here? I'm telling you the truth. Minister to somebody. Give to somebody. Try to exhort somebody. Try to encourage somebody. Give some cups of cold water in Jesus' name to somebody. Just do something. Just do something. It don't take much to encourage people. I've had people tell me, I was over in the Philippines, and he said, you sent me a book 30 years ago. We used to advertise in the sword of the Lord. And this guy wrote from the Philippines. He didn't have any money. He wanted a book. We sent him a book. We send people stuff when they, we try to send people stuff when they ask for some. And he said, I want to thank you for sending me that book. Well, I, I, can you imagine that? I mean, 30 years later, and, and when you gave this to us, you did this to us, you sent us a card when such and such. Really? Wow. Hey, spend your life sowing into people. Just spend your life sowing into people. And I'm telling you, uh, brother, what you sow is going to come back to you. Cast your bread on the water and she's coming back. So so sow generously if you want a big harvest. Sow the gospel into people's lives. Somebody sowed it into you. Somebody sowed it into me. Hey, we're debtors, amen? So start doing good and delight in God. And I'm very serious here. I know some are going through hard times. and Man alive, I prayed with a dear lady this morning. She's on her fifth cancer bout fifth cancer bout concerned upset can anybody understand it's okay to be concerned and upset uh, can you, anybody understand what i'm saying right here i'm not saying just play like it doesn't exist it does exist it hurts it's painful it's no fun to this but but listen listen to me find your delight in god i, I mean just find your find a place of rest and peace and hope and joy in the presence of God. I'm just telling you. Uh, and by the way, by the way, if you live out in the country, you can have a little Holy Ghost fit out in the backyard every now and then. Wouldn't hurt some of y'all. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, some of y'all are overdue for that right there. You just overdue for something like that. And uh, just get out there and, and have a little spell every now and then, man. And, and seriously, find some uh, consolation. I love worshiping God, don't you? 
I'm, you know, by the way, I'm finished with the NFL, the National Federation of Lunatics. I'm finished with Major League uh, Bamboozles. I'm, I'm finished with the NBA. I'm finished with all of that. And I, I never was excited about none of that to start with. I know some of y'all like Virginia Tech and there's mercy with the Lord. He'll help you with it, all of that. But, but you, you ought to find your biggest delight in God himself. That's what I'm trying to say right here, right? Let's, let's learn to find our delight in him. Let's, let's, uh, let's close tonight. And let's talk to the Lord. I want us to have a little season tonight of gratitude to God. Okay? A little praise of God. A little thanksgiving to God. So I want us to have some, some uh, sentence prayers tonight. Some sentence prayers. And uh, Lord, thank you for. Or Lord, you're good because. Lord, you're good because. Or Lord, I praise you because. You get the idea here? Gratitude, praise, worthiness, worshiping God, sentence prayers. I know it's a big auditorium, but y'all can talk loud. So I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to pray out loud. Expressions of praise and adorations. Lord, thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you. Let's, uh, let's close like that tonight. Uh, some sentence prayer. You just pray as you feel led uh, loud enough to be heard. Father, I, I praise you tonight because you're a, Merciful, patient God. Lord, I praise you tonight because your mercy is every day. Amen. Thank you for peace in the storm.